0: Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. So if you're going to be making any major medical
1: decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. We just got our blood work done. Yeah, we did. And our doctors asked us, what are we doing to have such great blood work? Yeah. And you know what we told them? Procare.
0: Procare! Oh my goodness. Yeah. We told them, like, yeah, we take Procare every day because they have a multivitamin that you can
1: just take one a day. Yes, exactly. They have a capsule and a chewable form. And not only do they have vitamins, But they also have calcium Calcium chews. chews. Oh, my God. They're so good. They're so delicious. It's like our own little sweet treat for the end of the night. It really is because they have the dark chocolate and they have the cinnamon roll. Yes. And I love the salted caramel and the dinner mint. All righty. We'll go to ProCareNow.com and use code OSLP at checkout to save some money. You guys ask us all the time, what is our favorite protein powder? Yeah, literally, we see this question Every day. <laughs> and the answer is always
0: devotion. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I even use it this morning to make my own sweet treat for nighttime because it's just a, a brownie batter pudding.
1: And you literally just use one scoop and then milk or water. And then I use it every morning in my profi. It's so delicious. Oh my God. I want one right now thinking of it. Seriously,
0: it's 20 grams of protein. So go get yours now at devotionnutrition.com and use code OSLP
1: to save some money. Welcome back, OSLP family! Welcome, welcome. You are listening to our Sleeve Life podcast, and this is Kelly. This is Mel And we always like to start our our episodes in the new studio with a little housekeeping. That's right. And... The first of all, biggest thing, of course, that we always like to talk about is our upcoming tour dates. Yeah. Or live shows, I should say. I'm going to just call them tour dates. Yeah, they're um, tour dates. We're touring, man. So the next one that we have is in San Diego. Sunny San Diego. Yes. So we'll be back there at the end of April. So it's April mm-hmm. 30th. Yes. yes. And it is going to be at the... Run- mm. What hotel? Sophia? Sophia Hotel. I think it's the Sophia. There are a lot of dates and a lot of names going through <laughs> our heads right now. Uh Sophia, and it is going to be at 7 p.m. You can get those tickets on berrydiaries.com. They are $35. Yeah. So very, very reasonable. Very reasonable. So come hang out with us. We know that thing is selling out. So go right now. Pause this the audio or video and go do that. Yes. yes. And uh make sure that If you are feeling a little like you don't belong because you haven't been through surgery yet, that is completely inaccurate. Uh And everybody is welcome. So go and get your tickets. And just come spend some time with us with an awesome show. Yeah, that's what we love to do is to meet you guys. Yes. And
0: our other spot we want you to go to, too, is our patron.com forward slash OSLP. Because we have our own support group in there. They're called the Benchies. We adore them. They're so much fun. We trade secrets and tips and tricks. And we just, like, help each other out all day long. Yep. Learn more
1: about each other, their their lives, our lives. We Mm -hmm. put all sorts of stuff exclusive content in there yeah and there's some that are pre-op and then there's Mm
0: post-op so don't worry about where you're at in the stages Mm -hmm. you can come hang out with us and we can help support you with any way that you Mm -hmm. need it and
1: we have over 100 people in that group now so there's lots of opinions to hear that's right and we are always moderating and make sure that everybody is super nice in there because we do not allow any mean people that's right um and we also have an amazing admin her name is tanya and she helps uh us coordinate mm-hmm. our apple watches our hydrate wa- hydrate bottles birthdays okay. surgery Vers- dates all of those things she does yeah. for us so. well, that's what i love
0: is the apple watch stuff because mm-hmm. now because we have apple watches when we're working out we can see when other people are working out mm-hmm. and we just like cheer each other on for yes. The day. So yes So we
1: actually had somebody call us out because we did not have our watches on it's while we story. were in vegas and she called us out so thank you Jessica and so when we got back we were like well we got to get the Apple watches charged and ready to go and so, we did yes. and we did the damn thing yes. so, and if you want to watch this episode
0: because we're about to introduce our special guest if you want to see her um, you're going to be, be able to do that on YouTube which is on your phones it's an app it's there it's next to Google it's
1: preloaded
0: yeah, so go over there click on that and then just type in our mm-hmm. Life podcast and we're the only ones so you can just click subscribe and hit the bell and then there'll be a a new episode for you every week on
1: Tuesday because that is drop day for all the things yes and if you also if you want to see this right away that is also found at patreon.com so if you're over there and you're on the ten dollar higher tier you get all of the videos 10 days early earlier than everybody else That's so. right Lots of bonus. All right. right. So into
0: our guest of the day. It's a little different than what we normally do. Yes,
1: exactly. So we want to welcome Amanda Clark onto the show. She is the creator of Portion
2: Plate.
0: Yes, welcome. Hi, ladies. So good to be
2: here. Isn't it amazing we can be on different sides of the world but end up in the room at the same time? Right? It's (laughs) so
1: weird. Yeah, because you were just saying it's 7.30 in the morning over there because she's in Australia. Yeah, and
0: she's into tomorrow. <laughs>
1: yes, you're in tomorrow. <laughs> That's, oh <my> <laughs> yes, That's always the weirdest thing for my brain is like, wait a minute, you're already in Wednesday or Tuesday? Yeah. I don't even know what day it is. Welcome
2: to the future.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Does it look any brighter over there?
2: (laughs) It is looking pretty bright this morning. Oh, God. We've got
1: full on rain here. So it's (laughs) kind of dreary and gross right now. I'm ready for some summer.
0: Yes. I'm ready for Dallas because that's going to be like bright and sunny. It's going to be amazing. Sunshine.
1: Yes. All right. well, Well, tell us all of the things of how you came up with this product and yeah everything yeah, that inspired goes along, you yeah what what made you think of this? Yeah, well,
2: I guess I've been practicing for a long time. I've been uh, kind of a weight management dietitian for over 30 years. Wow. And I really recognized throughout all of that that, um, when I show people things, they understand so much more than when I tell people things. And even if you write it down and people walk away with some words on a, on a page, they still don't absorb as much as when you show them a picture. So at one point I was taking photos of my own meals to show clients, to say, you know, this is what I'm talking about. And they'd go, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, that's what you meant. And so that's when I realized, okay, I need to get these pictures off my computer screen Mm -hmm. and, uh, and publish it in a way that people can actually take it home and, um, see exactly what I mean, because, you know, people describe, oh, I just had a little piece of this and I'm going, hang on, just show me how you were describing that size again, so that, you know, I can understand. So it's just a, a way to get the same message or the same kind of thought bubble mm-hmm. in my clients' heads as I have in mine. Wow. So it's, it's really started from there. And, uh, I developed the, the original portion plate kind of in the early two thousands. And then the, you know, I had been working as a bariatric dietitian for, um, well, it's been at least 20 years now. So wow. at that point, you know, maybe five years and, I thought, okay, well, I can put this thinking to bariatric surgery as well. So I created the bariatric plate
1: then. I, I love it. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. That's, I actually yeah. heard about you for the first time in my bariatric clinic. She actually, ah. my, uh, my dietitian, she was like, Hey, so there's this plate. So if you'd like to get it for after surgery, it's on Amazon. And she, she like pulled it up and showed me. And I was like, Oh, that's a really cool. But right around when I had surgery, I think Amazon didn't have it or it was something. So I didn't get to buy it. And so I was kind of really excited when you guys sent us some, because it was my first time being able to actually use them. But yes. I did hear about you in my clinic. How cool ah. is that? Oh, yeah. well, that's
2: good news. Yeah, yeah, I used to come out to the states every year for about five years, and um, you know, took all my all my products to um, to a major conference, and yeah, everybody loved them. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're um, really cool, and I
1: love that you sent us wine glasses. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, they know us. She knows. <laughs> they know us. Yep, yep."
2: Well, I think the thing is, you know, people even say to me that um, that they're surprised that in the the nutrition books that I've got chocolate in there, and I, you know, I've got, I've got cake and you know everything's in there Mm -hmm. it's in the right spot it's in the right portion size and you know let's face it we all like these things and Mm -hmm. there's no reason why why anyone has less of a uh uh, a right or uh, an expectation to to like wine or to like chocolate Mm -hmm. they're they're fabulous yeah oh of
1: course (laughs)
0: right (laughs) well and it's like we are gonna as a barrier to patient, we're going to have these things eventually Mm -hmm. again, especially if we liked them before. And if it it wasn't actually out of control, then that's Mm -hmm. not the problem. The problem was something else. It could have been the fact that like, for me, I'm an emotional eater. So Mm -hmm. I realized if I was upset or having an argument, I was going straight to my trigger foods and that's not wine. (laughs) That's not really chocolate. It's more or less Mm -hmm. it's fries, man. Mine is fries Uh, all day long. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to see like in your actual, um, your cookbook, like there's all sorts of different things that you can have. Mm-hmm. Plus you got, gave us the wine glasses. So it's kind of nice to see like, Oh, it's well-rounded. Mm-hmm. It's not just one thing.
1: Well, and that's one of the things that I absolutely love about your plate is that it is showing us a well-rounded meal. It's showing you that you can have carbs. It's just in a certain portion, you can have all of these things. It's just, you have to learn how to Reportion it because a lot of us don't know how to portion, right? Like that's why we're here, is because no one taught us, no one taught us, (laughs) or they taught us the the wrong way, and so we're you know making our plates with half the plate being carbs, unhealthy carbs, Mm -hmm. and then and half of the stuff like when we're when I'm at a restaurant with my nieces, all of the food that that's on the kids' menu is all crap food. And yes. you're like, you know, they order mac and cheese and you're like, they'll be eating like their, their fries or something. You're like, eat your mac and cheese first. Uh-huh. And you're like, and then you start thinking about it and you're like, wait a <laughs> How minute. How that even matter? There has no nutri. I mean, it has a little bit of protein, but it's not what they need. It's not like chicken no. or beef or anything like that. They're just eating crap food. And so I've actually been trying to teach my nieces like. Okay, which one has protein, which Mm -hmm. one is a carb, like so that they know at an earlier age what has protein and what doesn't. Yeah. Because that's the most important. So
2: that's a good thing to to go through. And yeah, you're right. Usually on the, the kids menu. There isn't a lot of vegetables and mm-hmm. I guess that's because the restaurants assume vegetables are bad uh, taste bad kids hate them mm-hmm. but um, we ne- we really need to include those because when you look at say the calorie density of foods mm-hmm. protein and carbohydrate are pretty similar mm-hmm. so a cup full of protein foods has about the same calories as a cup full of carbohydrate foods okay. but a cup full of vegetables has almost nothing mm. so That's part of the reason behind the design of the plate to be getting those low-starch vegetables because they give us so many nutrients there. They're so nutrient-dense. There's so many protective factors in there that protect us against heart disease and cancer. Um, But they hardly have any calories. So really all the calories are only on half the plate. Ah, that's 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 pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. I like knowing all the all of the design features of why you chose that specific, you know, pie chart. Yeah, it's basically okay. like a pie chart, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you're, you are a bariatric dietitian. So did you, were you a dietitian, just a regular one before you went into bariatrics or how did that all come about?
2: Correct. So, um, so I've been practicing for about 35 years and I just, um, I've always worked in uh, regional areas. So, so smaller areas. And, uh, so in that situation, I've been a generalist. I started as a generalist seeing a bit of whatever anybody needed. Um, but from that, I got a lot of expertise in weight management and weight management was really my interest because, you know, I think there's been a lot of kind of cycles of recommendations in my 35 years, mm-hmm. and I think that leaves people really confused. And so, my goal in life is to to be very practical, um, to help people navigate and help people do some self experimentation to figure out what's right for them, mm. because there's so many things that affect our weight. Um, and they don't all apply to everyone. So it's, it's a matter of honing in on what is it for me? So, you know, I was already a weight management kind of, um, focused dietitian when the first bariatric surgeon came to town, if you like. And so I was the natural person to start working with him. And yeah, that's, um, that's then been a, a major area of my practice since then.
1: What's your favorite thing about working with bariatric patients?
2: just love to see uh that that smile that comes down the track that people are, are feeling like this is beyond my control I can't do this I'm on this wild ride mm-hmm. and then after surgery it's like oh the pressure's off I can relax that that drive to eat has gone my weight's coming down and just the smile that people walk in with on their face and So that's why I think it's still really important, though, particularly in year one, Mm -hmm. that we identify what were those things that led to that weight gain initially, Mm -hmm. because we've got a period of 12 months here where you're kind of free of um, appetite problems, where we need to address all of those things that existed before. So even though you feel kind of bulletproof after surgery, Mm -hmm. there's work to be done in that first 12 months
1: yeah definitely mentally also uh, because you do have to figure out what is that problem food and sometimes you don't figure that out just by eating sometimes it's self-reflection and through therapy that you finally or when trauma happens i was gonna say normally trauma happens after It doesn't go away.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, because that that first year you get to go through all the seasons, Mm -hmm. all the holidays, and you get to go through all the birthdays with family and friends. So you get to kind of see what's really triggering me on these days, these months, um, because you do have that restriction and you don't feel hungry, which is like an awesome feeling and mm-hmm. kind of annoying too, because you have to have like your timers out and everything mm-hmm. to make sure you're eating. But it's kind of nice because you're not just focused on food all day long. Like my brain would just be on food. Like what am I going to eat the next meal? Mm-hmm. What, what's going to be my snack just all the time. And with the surgery, it kind of went away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know going through just life of this journey is like, Oh, okay. So when I argue with this person, this is what happens. (laughs) Like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This is a thing I didn't know existed before. Mm -hmm. You know, like people that listen to us know that like, I've had a few breakdowns that first Mm -hmm. year I had several and it was realizing oh, I can't cope with what I'm dealing with with food anymore because it hurts. Because I, of course, try. That's what your brain normally does. Like, I'm going to try it. Let's see. And then you get that crazy pain in your chest and then you have to stand for a while, put your arms up, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to do whatever you can to get it to go down because it's really painful. Mm -hmm. And then like you're realizing while you're in pain, oh, X, Y, and Z happened. How do we process this? What do I do differently? So I'm not in pain every time I'm like upset about something. Mm -hmm. So...
2: Definitely. That's the perfect way to think about it. You know, you you've used it as a self-experiment. You've gone, yeah. wow, look what just happened. Mm-hmm. How do I need to navigate that situation? And I think it's really useful to think it through again and think, well, if I had to go there again tomorrow, how would I play this differently? What would I need to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. Treat I, it like a case study. I feel <laughs> like we can't talk about this enough in our community, our bariatric community, because I don't think like I never even thought of that before I had surgery. Like you Mm -hmm. never think about what it's going to be like when something traumatic happens or when you want to go towards those foods, you know, just, you know, you're walking down the street and you're like, huh, cookie sounds really good. I'm going to just test this out and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't really think about that before as you're getting ready to have surgery it's after when those like random cravings happen or because it is, it's still a craving, but it's more, it's head hunger. It's not your stomach because you don't have that uh, hormone anymore. Mm -hmm. The ghrelin for, you know, the first year.
0: Yeah.
1: And,
2: you know, I think there's a whole lot of, um, a whole lot of times in our lives when we eat for reasons other than hunger Mm -hmm. and, you know, we still have to deal with those things. We've taken the hunger away, but everything else in life is still there. Mm. And Christmas, I think is a perfect example. You know, we've all got ways we behave at Christmas and ways we eat at Christmas. Mm. And it it just so happens when you put us back in the the same scenario that we've been in before, our brain goes, yes, I know how to behave in this situation. Mm. And it'll just, take you on that path, you know, Mm. often when we go to our parents' place, we go to the cookie jar Mm -hmm. because it's what we did as a kid. You know, we, we start behaving in ways that we wouldn't at somebody else's place, but Mm -hmm. here we are in that. Familiar scenario.
0: Yes. Oh, that reminds me of Eric. Every time he went to his grandma's house, he went straight to the kitchen door, like just opening up the fridge and the cupboards, just oh, going through. Funny. He'd always grab something. I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, that's she doesn't funny. even know we're here yet." <laughs> like, because you know, <laughs> it's just habit. Walk on it, and he's yeah. just like, "I'm gonna go get something to eat." And it's because grandma always made sure he had something to eat right mm-hmm. when he would walk in the door. And it's mm-hmm. just like our habits and our brain is like, "I want to be comfortable at all times." Yeah. And how do we do that? How would you? how would you tell someone that's battling that? Do you have any helpful tips that they can um, do at home?
2: Well, certainly thinking about things in advance. So just, just kind of preparing for what's happening today. So say Christmas day, it's like, all right, I know, I know what that usually looks like mm-hmm. and imagining how you want it to look. Cause I think our brains want Uh, want to help us. They don't want to force us down the wrong path, but Mm -hmm. they just do what they know and what they've done before. So if you put a plan in place and you decide, right, I'm going to take a bowl of cherries. I'm going to have some cherries for morning tea. I'm going to put the the right amount on my plate at lunchtime. I'm going to eat it slowly. I'm going to focus on the atmosphere, the people I'm going to take a game with me. And that's going to be what we do instead of just sitting at the table afterwards, you know, just, just, um, anticipating the scenario and putting some plans in place.
1: Okay. I like that. I think it's kind of like, uh, when that tip of when you sit down at a restaurant, And you order your meal and it comes and you ask for a to-go box at the same time so that you can put half of the food Mm -hmm. in the to-go box. I feel like that's the same thing. You're Mm pre-planning that you're not going to eat half of it and you're taking it out of the thought process. Because, like, I also think it's like when I go to the gym, I like to pre-plan what I'm doing before I get there. So that when I get there, I there's no guessing game. I just know what I'm doing. Yep. Get straight into it. Yeah, mm. exactly. And so you don't even you're just. You're focused on your goal and that's what you're going towards.
0: I love it. Cause that's been that's what's made me be able to maintain for so long. Yeah. It's just mentally preparing almost at all times. Okay, what what am I about to get myself into? Mm-hmm. I always tell people I'm like, you need to just tell me what's happening so I can mentally prepare. Mm-hmm. Cause like with Eric, I have to tell them that all the time, like, hey, like I just need to know if there's people gonna be here, if there's people gonna be here that I can mentally prepare for that. Cause that's gonna change my. Like, outlook for food and drink too when there's people over. Mm-hmm. Cause, like, you have to be mindful, like, they're probably not gonna eat or want the things that, like, we have on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, I have to make sure do I have access to these things? Do mm-hmm. I need to go somewhere first and bring it to the place that we're going? Mm-hmm. So, it's really important to plan, plan, plan. I think that's the biggest deal outside of that first year is. In that year, you need to learn how to plan. Then afterwards, you have to just implement the plans Mm -hmm. and not care if someone is mad that you brought a bag of protein snacks, you know, Mm -hmm. like don't get upset about it.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so that's actually what I've tried to do with portion perfection. I've tried to create a pattern because, you know, if I just give a meal plan, a meal plan could be great. I might do a really good job with your likes and dislikes and your cooking skills. And I might be able to give you a great kind of three week plan or something, but at some point you're going to stop doing that. And so my goal has been to develop a system so that, you know, what to do at breakfast, no, what, no matter what you're faced with, mm-hmm. there's a kind of answer or a way of figuring out how much am I meant to have here? And there's a structure to the day. So if we can get our brains working with that structure, then that is our autopilot. You know, there's a lot of discussion about, um, intuitive eating Mm -hmm. and the value of really thinking about what do I feel like eating now and how hungry am I and Mm -hmm. how much do I feel like eating?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, But I think if we were to find the people who don't don't get the messages correctly, whether there's something wrong with the messaging or whether we've been ignoring the messaging, mm-hmm. overriding it in some way, those people would be in the bariatric community. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I say, well, use a portion control, an external measure of portion control, and that's then us or me saying, now that should make you feel satisfied. See if you can study that feeling and find how do I recognize this in a situation where I don't have an external portion control measure?
1: Yeah. Huh. I like does that.
2: that
1: yeah. I really like that because then you're just testing. You're like, okay, I ate this much. This is how much I'm supposed to be eating. What, And then stopping and, re, and like doing some internal um, discovery of, yeah. okay, well, how does that make me feel? am I actually hungry or is this more of turning into like a thirst thing that I think is more of a hunger thing? I like that a lot. Yeah. Is there something happening
0: around you that's causing you to want food? That's Mm -hmm. not really like it's more of a head hunger situation versus like a tummy hunger situation. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Because if you fill each of those spots on that plate that you have for us, like you should be pretty content mm-hmm. after that. if yeah. not stuff, right. Depending on where you are at in your journey.
2: So yeah, then if so you it really depends that- on what's happened. So the plate is designed to, to hold one cup of food mm-hmm. when you just fill the base of the plate about three quarters of an inch deep in the middle. So the little mound of food on the plate with protein on one half, low starch vegetables so your broccoli cauliflower carrots beans zucchini cabbage all of those sorts of vegetables on the other half and if you were to have a bit of carbohydrate just a little bit mainly because there's so much value to the protein foods and the low starch vegetable foods Mm. that if we're going to have a smaller stomach we've got to get those ones in first Mm -hmm. Um, so there's no space for the carbohydrate it's not that the carbohydrate in the right sort of quantity is so bad. Mm -hmm. It's just that we're, we're trying to make the best use of the size of your stomach pouch.
0: Ah, yeah. Honor your pouch. Honor your
1: pouch from yes. another yeah. dietitian,
0: honoring your pouch is yes. huge yes so it's like why are we putting in things that don't give us any nutritional value
1: mm-hmm.
0: like why are we yeah. wasting that
1: space well sometimes they taste good they and do that's, that's why we do it but <laughs> i know yeah. when we did our live and we used actually i we cooked a meal mm-hmm. and then plated it and we ate it yep and it was like It was filling. It was very filling because then you're like, you're getting the proper portion. So we had broccoli. We had my um, barbecue chicken Mm -hmm. thighs. And then we had a little bit of rice. And just from that, it was, we were good. Good to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's when we just aren't. And I found this at my boyfriend's house. I see it a lot is that I fill a plate and then I'm trying, I'm still trying, like attempting to eat it all the because, you know, that ingrained, you know, you have to finish your everything that's on your plate. It's just ingrained in you that you need to do that instead of being like, I ate half. I'm done. I'm good. Yeah. And with a plate like yours, it's just it's easy. You It takes all the guesswork out of it. Because you just know exactly what it's supposed to look like.
0: Yeah. Like that's going to yeah. be
1: beneficial to any household because
0: mm-hmm. if you know what the portion should be, then you just plate them out and mm-hmm. then you serve. Mm-hmm. So then there's not anybody even else like serving the plate. Because that's actually what helped me in my first year was my husband plated a lot of my food mm-hmm. So because he's the cook. So he would just plate it, bring it out, and then I would just eat it. So I would be full and not even have to think about like, oh, what's in the kitchen, Cause that's also a trick that I heard from another bariatric friend was like, hey, when you make a bunch of food, because especially for uh for people that are alone, go ahead and when you portion your plate, go ahead and put everything else away. So yeah. There's yes. no then you're temptation not yeah. to go back into the kitchen
2: mm-hmm. and get more. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: Definitely. You, know, you want to put some barriers in your way. And I, I think, you know, some of you listeners will feel like, well, I've stretched my stomach pouch. And you know, when we see people with weight regain down the track from bariatric surgery. From a food perspective, there's um, there's one of two things that has occurred. Either there's been stretching of the stomach pouch and so um, people are able to eat more than one cup or need to eat more than one cup before they get the message of satisfaction mm-hmm. or they've started grazing. So they're still eating small quantities at a time, but it's consistent over time and you're able to fit in so much more food that way. Mm -hmm. So so that's one of the things I've tried to factor in, get the portion size right and get the structure to the eating so you know when it's time to eat and when it's not time to eat. And it's never very long Mm -hmm. between Meals or snacks, and so you only need to think. Well, hang on, it's um, you know, it's two o'clock. I, I'm due for a snack at half past two or three, so I can wait until then. Of course, I can wait.
1: Yeah, I have a problem of I get so hungry that I just want to eat everything in sight, and I then dinner comes, and I'm like. Okay, I have to eat dinner too, because I have to get some type of protein That's really in. Common. Yeah. Or I'll be cooking and then I'm grazing while I'm cooking on the things that I'm cooking. So then dinner comes up and it's been long enough in between that I can still eat for dinner yeah. because I've just had a you know a few bits here and there. But like you're saying, that that is a grazing habit that yeah.
2: I didn't so- always do. Can I ask, do you have like an afternoon snack? Well, I mean,
1: sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I try to, but then there's other times, you know, where uh, I'm in the car all day and I've been trying to get better at planning because that's been uh, a big thing of like having a routine and planning out when these things happen, what am I going to do to still stay you know, on my motivation to hit my goals. Um, And so I did get a bento box that I could put everything in to keep cold. So if I am in the car all day, I do have that ready to go. And then I can have- Ah. what she got there?
2: What she got? (laughs) Show us this and tell us about it. (laughs) So maybe you need the snacker. So the snacker comes with a a chart that tells you what you could put in each size container to be Mm. a 100 calorie snack, which is exactly what you're looking for. Ah. So a good experiment for you would be to find that time that's halfway between lunch and dinner and set your, you set your alarm to say, right now it's time to snack. Um, because you want to get that snack in earlier, because if you go too long and you get too hungry, your body's ready for dinner. It's actually ready for more than dinner and it will, con, it will drive you to consume more than your cup full. Mm. And then as you say, you feel like, well, that wasn't dinner. That wasn't you know, meat and vegetables or protein and vegetables. Mm -hmm. So now I still need to eat that. And so then we've got some real stretching happening. So we need to jump in before you get hungry in the afternoon. Ah. So which stops you from getting hungry.
1: Okay. All right. I like this. So I want you to describe what that snacker looks like to all the listeners that are not watching this because it's actually a cool little thing.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a, a stack of four different sized um, snack containers. Um, they all clip together. Um, they're, they, you know, they won't leak or anything. They're nice and strong, won't break. They've got a little handle on the top. And the smallest one, for example, is, uh, I think it's technically uh, an ounce and a or one and a third ounces. Uh, and it's the right size for nuts, for example. So whether you're putting pine nuts or Brazil nuts in there, so big or small, Mm -hmm. the amount that fits in that container is approximately a 100-calorie snack. So whilst in my book I show people that it's 14 almonds is a 100-calorie snack, You know, sometimes if almonds are bigger or smaller, it probably is a bit more or a bit less. But in the container, you just need to fill the container, put the lid on, whatever's in there is going to be approximately correct.
1: That's awesome. And then what is the biggest um, section on that? What's the ounces on that?
2: Uh, I think that it is five ounces. Yes. Mm. Okay. So
1: what's an example of what you would put in that one?
2: Well, a boiled egg fits really well in there. Oh. um let me see what else we've got on the chart for the large one i love that oh, you that. have charts that yeah. people can look at yeah. <laughs> very visual oh, look at that <laughs> yeah so so it tells you for each size container all the possibilities for putting in there so that large one is also good for the carrot sticks oh. that might go with the hummus that goes in the small container Ooh. just like the nuts goes Look in there that. okay
0: um, so that's even also, more helpful because it's giving people ideas of mm-hmm. what to put in these things
1: and you can make so yeah. many different combinations mm-hmm. that's really cool right.
2: yeah yogurt is also good for that large one or a chia pudding if you ever have those mm. um Yeah. Rice crackers, all options. I like it.
0: I like that. Now, can you kind of explain to us why grazing is not good for us?
2: Yeah. So, um, part of the message of satisfaction and really the the long-term message of satisfaction comes from the tension in your stomach wall. Okay. So you've got the vagus nerve goes from your stomach to your brain. And when it senses tightness there, you've got a message going to your brain. So that's where when you feel overfull, it's because your stomach is stretched and you get a very strong message of discomfort going to your brain saying you've had too much. Okay. Um. So when you graze, you're not actually reaching that stomach tension. You're only partially filling your stomach and then it's starting to digest and go down and you start to fill it a little bit more and it goes down oh. and you can keep filling, but you never get that message of satisfaction.
1: Ooh! Oh,
2: shoot. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah,
1: And I'm really kind of understanding a lot more. That
0: makes so much more sense. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We had no idea. No, I don't think we've ever talked about grazing. Mm -mm. Not in detail like that. that, No. That's crazy. Like, it
0: makes so much sense. So you want your brain to hit the satisfaction button, basically. So Mm. that way you're you're, you're told you're done. You're good. Don't worry about it anymore. Mm -hmm. So that way you don't go back for more. Because it, it didn't go down. Yeah, because
1: you're digesting it a little bit. Yeah, and then and that's why when I'm grazing while I'm eating, Mm -hmm. I can still eat a dinner because because it's digest like I'm eating a little bit and then digesting it and then eating a little bit and then oh dinner's done so then I then I hit the satisfaction button. Wow. Correct. Okay. Mm
2: So you want to give yourself about two and a half hours in between meals and snacks. Okay. Two and a half hours.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was gonna ask that too. Like what is the time frame? Because you hear a lot, hey, eat every two to three hours. Yes. Hey. And but then I was like, isn't that count kind of as grazing to some people because they feel like they're always eating? So like I know for me, it was very weird in the beginning to I have to eat every two to three hours when I once I woke up, I was like, I feel like I'm eating a lot, even though they're like little portions. It still felt overwhelming, like, oh, I just ate like a whole thing of whatever, but it really wasn't. It was just like half because I can't fit that in the stomach. So.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, throughout my career, I've recognized that people who have a fairly slow metabolism mm. are not very hungry during the day. Mm. And, you know, they'll say, but, you know, surely I'm better off just to not eat when I'm not hungry. Mm. The problem is that your appetite gets the better of you during the afternoon mm-hmm. and then it makes up for whatever came before. So that's a real problem with bariatric surgery because we're risk, we've created this small stomach pouch. And by eating in that way, we risk uh, increasing the capacity significantly. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. That sounds like me. That sounds like a lot of us, man. Yeah, Cause yeah. I, I tend to, I mean, I have switched everything up. Since going back to the gym, I'm like back having my protein shake and my coffee in the morning after my gym so I'm definitely getting my protein in the morning. then I'm more likely to eat lunch because I'm like kickstarting that a little mm-hmm. bit I feel like in the morning and so by then lunch wow. i'm I'm ready to eat again and then I'm actually like doing better overall yeah. Right. but yeah, I used to not eat all day and then yeah. I would get home. And go nuts because I was, you know, starving. Yeah, your brain's
2: like, yeah. I need all
0: the things. All of the food. <laughs> Give me it. Right <laughs> now.
2: So. Yeah, so we really need some food earlier in the day. So that's also part of the reasoning for the the kind of system or the pattern. Um, you know, if, if in those cases, if you fell back on intuitive eating, mm-hmm. your body would say, I don't need food now. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we need to go against that because if your body isn't used to having to digest anything in the morning, it stops bothering to produce all the digestive enzymes. Mm -hmm. Like our body wants to work with us. And if you create a routine, Mm -hmm. it'll understand that routine. That's that's the key to a, a system or a pattern. Your body can pick up on it and it can interpret what comes next. And that's how you can actually develop the appetite to eat earlier in the day. You know, some people... Who don't eat breakfast, if you start eating breakfast mm-hmm. and then you miss it a day, you're hungry. Mm-hmm. And it's because your body expected it. It was, it had your insulin ready, your digestive juices ready, everything was ready to go and you didn't eat. Uh, so if you then fall back into a, a, a bit of a haphazard or chaotic pattern where sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, your brain can't figure out where's the pattern here. Okay. And so you know, that's when you will get indigestion by eating in the morning because it wasn't expecting you to eat. And when your metabolism doesn't really work with you.
1: So how long does it take your body to recognize a new pattern? I like
2: that question. Good question. You know, they say to, to develop a habit that it takes about 30 days. I don't know, maybe about 30 days. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: So just stick with it for about a month. See how you're feeling.
2: Yeah. Okay. And You know, really you want to stick with it for good. Well, you want to find the benefit in it. Um, but something that you said there Kelly about having stretched your stomach, you know, many people might be asking, well, if I've already done it, is there any coming back from that? You know, Mm -hmm. how do I shrink my stomach and, you know, potentially we can't shrink a stretched stomach. Maybe we can a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, but you, we definitely can calm down the messages that our body gives us mm. telling us that's not enough, you know, it can... And that takes maybe five days. Wow. So if you bring it... You know, I think the ultimate test is to see... As a self experiment, you know, if I went back to one cup of food, but I ate one cup of food at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I ate at least a 100 calorie snack at morning snack, afternoon snack, and maybe supper, Mm -hmm. how would I feel? You know, would I be okay on that? So that's the first step before, you know, trying. I I guess that's the ultimate pouch reset diet is
1: without going back to the dangerous pouch reset diet yes. we do not like the pouch reset diet um, no. on this yeah. channel <laughs> yeah. no
2: well, this no, is the this is our perfect um pouch reset diet isn't it just get back to what what perfect. is ideal yeah and see does yeah. that enable your system to settle down and go okay, yeah, this is enough. I can manage on this. I think it's good because there's a constant supply of nutrients, which kind of convinces your body. There's a plentiful supply of food. We don't have to try and get more and we don't have to store it away as body fat, and not let it back out because it's coming in all the time.
1: And the one thing that I'm thinking of, um, is, you know, with the pouch reset, the the de- dreaded diet that people try to go back to is that once you stop doing that, that's when you're, you're getting, ga- getting, you're going to gain it all, all of what you've lost because you're not, you're not meant to be drinking four shakes a day. That's not a long-term like solvent for your problems. Right. Uh, but yeah. if you're going back to, like you said, you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner and you're eating one cup of food, and you've got it balanced out to where you've got your protein, you've got your uh, your nutrient dense vegetables, little bit of carbs, and then you're having your hundred calorie snacks. That's something you can live on. Mm-hmm. That's yes. very. That's what our goal was when we had surgery: is to eat like that. Um, it's very sustainable. It's like, sustainable. That's the yes. word I was
0: looking for. It really is because that means now you can actually like eat these portions and your body's craving these portions and mm-hmm. liking these sizes. And then when you do go a little off script or eat too much, you're mm-hmm. going to feel it. Mm-hmm. You're going to know a little bit quicker than what it was before. So that's what I like about doing like a reset is like, okay, it's really just going back to the basics. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, what were you doing before that worked? Just do that. Like you yeah. don't have to reinvent the wheel here. It's just go back to what you were doing because obviously what you're doing now isn't working. Mm-hmm. And we got to stop acting like if we just keep doing the same thing, it's going to work and mm-hmm. try to force it and brute force this. That's not it's not a video game. You can't brute force this like this is <laughs> a real life and you actually have to make real real changes mm-hmm. for your progression and for you to reach your goals that you actually want. Um, so like and Cause I'm speaking to myself on this one. Like I just have to make sure like, Hey, you need to have protein in all these meals and mm-hmm. stop grazing mm-hmm. because I do graze not a, not a lot, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and It's definitely a tendency that I need to pull back from and make those little snack containers and be like, Hey Mel, this is your afternoon one. Mm-hmm. This is your evening one. And this is, and just prepare them because my problem is I'm not preparing them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have it in my head. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. But the action is not happening. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I know for me, and probably a lot of us need to work on.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the hard work of the preparation is what, how do I decide what am I going to do? How Mm -hmm. much work is it going to be to prepare it? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I want this to be this snacker idea to be really simple. Yeah. So you have your container of nuts, you just fill it up, put the lid on. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've boiled some eggs in advance so you can just put a boiled egg in there or, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got some dried fruit or, you know, some, some healthy snacks that is just right. Fill this container, right. Put them together into the handbag and go.
1: Yeah. Well, and we're all so busy, right? We, We, We are all busy and i know for me personally because i have uh three autoimmune diseases there are some days where it's it i cannot i can't meal prep i can't i can't even think about going and doing these things that just seem too hard in my head because my brain is taken up by having a bad pain day so if i have something like that where i know i can go to my bag of wasabi and soy sauce almonds Mm -hmm. i can pour those in close up the lid put it by my bed and i have my snack ready to go and it didn't take any more brain power than it would to walk to the kitchen and grab the bag of almonds and walk back yeah so
2: exactly exactly and i think what you've raised there is is a very common um kind of explanation of why we, we don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. we just don't have the brain space. And that's sometimes why intuitive eating is not the only approach. You know, mm-hmm. use intuitive eating when you've got the brain space and you want to go, oh, what do I feel like now and mm-hmm. how much do I feel like? Mm-hmm. But apart from that, we've all got times when we're too busy or we've got other other issues in our head when we can't think intuitively. And that's when we need a fallback plan. Mm. And the fallback plan is the system. And if our brain can understand the system, then it can fall back to something that is still good for you.
1: Well, and if you create a routine, mm-hmm. you don't have to think about it because your body's already like this morning, I got up at 5am, had my coffee, got ready to go, went to the gym. And I've been doing this for, what, three weeks now? Mm -hmm. This is week four. This this is the week. This is week Week four four. for me. Yep, week four. So, and I didn't even have to think about it. Like, I just got up, did the things that I needed to do, went over, grabbed my gym clothes, got dressed, filled my wall. Like, I did all of the things that I've been doing and trying to implement over the last three weeks of working out that by week four, I didn't even have to think about it and i did not even think that that i didn't even realize that i was doing it until we were having this conversation
0: yeah and it proves that it works yeah Yeah. it does work you just have to stick to it like your brain wants routine it craves routine Mm -hmm. your body needs it to to survive really Mm -hmm. because a lot of us are in tune with like the whole sun coming up and coming down with like waking up and going to sleep same thing with like our cells and everything mm-hmm. that I've at least from what I've researched. That that's a big deal is to be like, OK, we're awake. We're on. Mm-hmm. What do we normally need? Here's the X, Y and Z of what we need. Mm-hmm. And if you can throw in your workout and throw in that protein early,
1: then your brain's like, OK, this is what we do every morning. Yeah. Not a big deal. Cool. cool. And you need to I think that first year is all about finding that routine. Yeah. Yes. But then after that first year, that's when it gets really hard. Because you kind of are you're at be able to add more things into your diet. You know, life kind of gets a little bit. I I feel like after that first year, you're like, okay, I did it. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. I can kind of back off a little bit. And that's the time where you point. Exactly. That's when you really need to, like, go even more into your routine, go more into your bariatric journey, because that second year is very hard. Very hard because you, you just have a little bit more leeway with how you can eat.
2: So, yes. And I think, um, I think, you know, after year one, and that's why it's so important to get the, the routine and the pattern happening and very clear in year one, because at the end of year one, you've got that Um, change in the level of satisfaction hormones. So Mm -hmm. year one, you've got really high level of satisfaction hormones and hardly any hunger hormone, Mm very little ghrelin, lots of these are the ones with very chemically names. Um, And they also spill over into your saliva and change your taste perception, which is why sweet foods don't taste so good uh, after surgery. But that wears off at yeah. about the 12 month mark. Uh, so that's where when we're going to fall back on any routine or pattern we've developed. And if we haven't developed it, then we're kind of just back in the usual environment without a change to our kind of brain structure that's going to help us get through. So as you move into year two, that's the time to think, cool. oh, okay, now's the experiment. Can I keep this up despite the fact that the appetite hormones are changing. So it's kind of a, a critical year to to experiment with that and figure out, okay, what are the difficulties I'm I'm having here mm-hmm. and what strategies can I use, which is why it's a good time to hang on to your dietitian. A lot of people see the dietitian year one, thank you, see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but year two is a really important time to kind of establish Life kind of on your own, if you like, without mm-hmm. those changed hormones. Mm-hmm. That's
1: so interesting about the sweets because that makes so much sense over why the first year I was able to just like I didn't really care for sweets. Mm-hmm. Like they were there, and like, I would have like a bite of cake or something. but I didn't really it wasn't like a necessity thing for me. And mm-hmm. then after year two, about about halfway through my second year, it was like, I need all the sweets right now. Like <laughs> oh it just came back full force. Like I didn't understand why I could resist, not resist, but I could take it into such limited quantities before and not really care. And then like there was a switch that flipped and that makes so much sense now
0: of yeah, why that happened. you're outside
1: the, mm-hmm.
0: the hormones. Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I think it's a, it's a risky time for people feeling like, oh, I'm failing now. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, now I'm doing the wrong thing. But we need to recognise that these foods that have been developed by the food industry to have intense sweetness Mm -hmm. and, you know, ideal crunch or smoothness, they're addictive. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that we all like those foods and we're all at risk of being addicted, but some people more so than others. Some people's brains really light up. To sugar or to carbohydrate, mm. whereas other people's brains light up to alcohol or mm. or other things, and um, so it's important not to feel like you're a failure, but to recognise what's happening and learn about yourself and recognise wow. I really do have this strong attachment to these foods. Mm-hmm. They are changing the way I feel mm-hmm. and I feel really driven to consume them. Mm-hmm. Well, what do I do about that? What can I implement?
0: Yeah. I think it's um, the one thing that we all have to understand too, is that these businesses are in business to make money. So when they're selling you foods, all Mm -hmm. different types of foods, that's why the sugar content's so high is because Mm -hmm. our brains were like, ooh, more sugar. Like it's like it's like a drug. And it's like, okay, they're doing this on purpose so that way we can go there more often and often and often to get them more rich. And it's like, okay, we need to look at these labels. Like that's why it's a big deal to check the labels when you're eating things. Mm -hmm. Because like if it's really high rich in sugar there's a reason and we probably shouldn't be eating it Mm -hmm. um, because it's going to just cause you to go back. Like that's what I've learned with sugar for me is like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep going back to that one because I like it so much. But if I just was like, Hey, not meant for me, we need to stop here and understand why. Why is there so much sugar in this item? Because there's sugar in freaking tomato sauce. Like, well, yeah, and it's just stupid though. Like, I've had tomato sauce without sugar. It tastes delicious. It is not necessary for homemade. my spaghetti. You know, homemade like, is best. It, it yeah. really is.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like you you don't need the sugar. Well, and you add a little bit of the sugar to decrease the amount of acid that mm-hmm. is in. The tomato sauce right but the amount that they are putting in is a hefty oh, amount it's like heavy hefty handed amount. man yes. <laughs> it is very like if you break it down and calculate out how much you put in a homemade batch versus what's in a mm-hmm. jar it's a lot yeah it's and you lot.
0: even read your labels for cranberry juice guys Oh yeah. Do not. Holy don't. moly. Like I remember having cranberry juice, just straight cranberry juice. Be like, why is it so bitter? This is crazy. Oh my God. This is disgusting. It's because, oh, this is the one that's didn't add added sugars at all. No, it's not it's, the cocktail. It's not the cocktail one. You know, it's like, oh, this is a problem, but you never know because you're not trying all the things and realizing, mm-hmm. oh, they've added a lot of stuff to this for me to like it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you know, our brains kind of Recognize a particular flavor. So mm-hmm. when we eat something, it's like we get a photograph of that food in our brain. Okay. And so when we eat it, yes, it matches. We feel fine. It's not off. You know, it's it, it, there's there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but they've gradually increased our our taste for sugar, mm-hmm. and so we've we've increased and increased that threshold and that picture of that food in our brain is a high sugar version. Mm -hmm. So then when you try the standard one, even if you started on the standard one and the company gradually increased their sugar, this one, this original one is not going to match and what you want to do is spit it out. But the more times you then expose yourself to that old one, that becomes your new normal. You get the picture of that one in your brain mm-hmm. and then everything matches. And it's just a matter of being or kind of recognising the flavour and going, oh, yes, that's that's correct. So you can actually get yourself back to low sugar foods. Okay. But it's important to recognise it's difficult because all the way down, you've got this little message going, mm, that's not right. Yeah. There's something mm-hmm. wrong with that.
1: Yep. I think because I went so long without sweet foods for that first year and a half, and then I would over the year and a half, I would kind of I would have like a Yazzo uh, ice cream bar, which is very low sugar, um, or I would have like these low sugar items and like they were fine, but I didn't really feel like I needed them. Right. And then as I got further out, it was like, oh, okay, well, then I'll have another one and another one. And they just kind of pile up and then your taste buds are like, well, why not go for the real one then? Yeah, you don't need to go for the low sugar. You could go for the real one. So that's it's very interesting. What are some kind of tricks to kind of reaffirm that you're not failing that feeling of failure with with sugar? Yeah, with going yeah. back to kind of old habits.
2: I think I think the important thing is just to recognize that, that these are feelings, uh, these are issues that we all have. Our environment is currently kind of designed mm-hmm. for us to just store more body fat. So if you find that's happening to you, you're just the same as everybody else. So same as everybody else. We need to figure out. Okay, well, what if I did something different? And if I were to do something, um, what would it be? What would be my strategy? And then let's see, does that affect things? You know, we really need to just think of ourselves as a lifelong experiment in, you know, in progress, and. It's just a matter of of trying different things and figuring out what works for ourselves. So, you know, that's where your dietitian can help you to figure out what experiment should I be doing? What's this? What are the most likely strategies that are going to work? You know, often people just bash their head again against a brick wall by trying the same things they've tried before, mm-hmm. um, and you know, finding that they don't work again, Mm -hmm. but maybe they needed to be implemented slightly differently. Maybe there needed to be more support. Maybe there needed to be some structure that helped to make it a habit. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe the strategy isn't wrong, but the approach could be tweaked.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like what helped me was having a sounding board where like, I would talk to Kelly before Mm -hmm. the podcast. I'd be like, Hey, because she would be like, hey, did you feel this when you were, you know, in your first year? And I'd have to think and be like, oh, shit, I was feeling that. So having a friend or family member or some sort of support to be able to like, hey, did you feel this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did this taste right to you? I needed that. I didn't realize how much I needed that until after the fact. Mm -hmm. So if you guys can do that now, I highly, highly encourage it because it helped me validate my feelings and make me realize that I'm not that special case. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. Not? I'm not the special one. None of us really are when it comes to this stuff. We're, we're all a lot alike when it comes to foods, mm-hmm. and there's just triggers that are, that are different. Yeah. Um, and that we all have the same problem of overeating, portion control, mm-hmm. wanting more carbs versus protein, mm-hmm. being angry when you can't have them. Like, it's a lot of the same feelings, but you don't mm-hmm. know that until you actually talk to another person. So I do highly encourage that, like talk almost like talk therapy, but with your friends and family around. So that way they know what you're you're going through for one. And mm-hmm. then two, that way you're on the same page with other people. Yes. So you can feel more like, oh, this is normal. This isn't something that I invented yeah. or whatever.
2: Yeah and then the important part of it i think is even with your friends to to look for the solution to to and the solution is not Another diet, mm-hmm. the solution is okay. What is happening here? Right. Why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. And what would I need to change for a different outcome? And, you know, often it might be keeping those foods out of the house mm-hmm. so that you're putting some barriers in your way. You're just making it more difficult to access things that you're trying not to do. Mm-hmm. And you want to make it easier to do things that that support your goals, you know, that are taking you where you want to be.
1: Yes. I'm glad you said the diet thing, because that's something that we talk about all the time is that doing this surgery, it was, it wasn't so that we could be on a diet for the rest of our lives. It was so we could learn how to eat correctly Yes, because all of us are sick of being on diets. That's, you know, The first thing that we hear from everybody when we ask them where their journey started was, well, I was on every diet under the moon Mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. And so I like that you said that. And it's a way of figuring it out. You know, these plates, I'm looking at it. I'm like, this is an easy way because you can mix and match any protein, any vegetable, any starch, whatever you want to have on there. And so it's a way of like making parameters to yourself without having like you're not you don't have to weigh anything you don't have to you know add any points or anything like you just yeah. just focus on putting the food in the little boxes yeah or yeah. trying yeah. yeah. to Try pie pieces yeah <laughs> there we I've go tried
2: to make it as simple as possible mm-hmm. and the, we do have um what's called the Barry Prepper which is the one cup um kind of meal container so as soon as you can see it that is oh, it. Oh, It's nice. divided into two, so that it's half cup, half cup. So it's just like your plate. So, in the, in the base of it, it's got the um the divider. Oh. It's got the it's got the food. It's got a divider down the middle. Yeah. So that's that is for your lunch. Look, and it says
0: protein, and then what does that bottom one say?
2: So that's your your free, your low starch vegetables. Okay. And there's a little section marked there for the bit of carbohydrate. So so it's exactly your plate um, in a in a glass container. I I think glass is important too, not plastic, particularly if you're going to heat it. Oh. Because
1: you don't want
2: you don't want heated plastic in contact with food because you're risking Mm. chemical transfer. Um, from a variety of types of plastic. So I wouldn't trust when something says it's BPA free, BPA is only one of those substances. There's plenty of others um, that can leach into our food. Good to know because I
1: I only heat in plastic. So (gasps) just, yeah, I had a whole
0: paper on, on BPA and yeah, like we should not be heating it. It needs to be separated because like it causes cancers in our bodies. So
2: yeah. Yeah. It also mimics hormones. So there are chemicals that we would term obesogens, which interfere with our own chemical signaling, um, which is probably part of the issue why the whole world is gaining weight. Uh. So that is beyond our control and it's something we're unaware of. But something you can do is not drink out of plastic bottles, particularly not buy bottled water in plastic bottles, because that will have been exposed to heat somewhere along the line in the hot truck or out the back of the shop. Um, That water probably has a bit of chemical transfer. It's not as bad if you're using a plastic bottle and you're filling it up. It's cold. And you're drinking it soon after. Um, But, yeah, I definitely wouldn't heat in plastic. So I would always use a glass or um, ceramic kind of container. And even though this has got a plastic lid, I would just cover it with a plate if I was to microwave that. Ah.
1: Okay. Well, apparently, oh, I, I need to look for some glass containers because, yes. yeah, I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> so I've only <laughs> well, done I can blasto- see one of those. Oh, I would love one. Yeah. I would definitely, definitely. take one.
0: Yeah. Cause um, I learned that's kind of like the, the same thing with like the baby bottles, why you're not supposed to heat those in the microwave. It's yeah. because of that transfer of those chemicals that go right into their mouth. Well,
1: I'm glad that we have our hydrate bottles, yeah. which are metal seriously now, ah, because okay. yes they're metal and i mm-hmm. actually so i drink carbonation water yes the seltzer water um yep. but it's all in cans so i don't have to worry So liquid death is our friend. Liquid death is our friend because it comes in a can. Yes, (laughs) Yes,
0: it does. Wow, we are learning all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, because that's going to help a lot of things. One, the chemicals in your own body um, and two, the plastic waste. Mm -hmm. So if we can get rid of that because like glass, you can recycle yes so it can break down so and then and you're not getting that transfer
1: yes so i didn't, I didn't even know that about those
0: obesity carcinogens is that what you said yeah you said
1: thank you thank you, yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah. Carcinogens
2: you. Cause cancer obesogens yeah. cause obesity obesogens obesogens wow oh, oh my
1: goodness this is eye open we always learn something new i know <laughs> i know we're always like holy crap that's a thing <laughs> That's why we love doing. This
0: because yeah, there's just so much we you just don't know as a consumer. Mm-hmm. You just as like I know from like my my parents always oh, just assume. That the companies were just giving you out things that you're just supposed to have. You know, there was no question about it. Just mindlessly Mm -hmm. buying things and not realizing like the cause and effect that was really happening with their own bodies, Mm -hmm. with the environment. And now with this day and age, because of technology, we can see it It, on a bigger playing field. Mm -hmm. And it's right there, smack dab in your face. Mm -hmm. And now like people like you can actually like teach us these things because I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. I just knew about BPA. it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I even find when I go to the conferences and I get to talk to people who are specialists, you know, tiny little area, they're doing research on some minuscule kind of component of the big picture. Mm-hmm. But to get to talk to them and hear their message and incorporate it into my thinking mm-hmm. and be able to talk to you is is really powerful, isn't it? It, is. it
1: really is. It I really love is. that because you you can't talk possibly talk to
2: everybody out in the world. no. no. That's why and we love those, what we do, mm-hmm. and those researchers never get to talk to you. <laughs> right? So it's only it's only me taking their little piece of information, incorporating it with what we already know mm-hmm. as to how that kind of changes the message or impacts that message. Um, yeah. So it's it's a great it. progress and process, yes. isn't it? So,
1: what other products do you have in your portion perfection?
2: So, Family. <laughs> yeah, well, we do, um, we have a lunch bag. Um, it's actually behind me for Ooh. anyone who can see it. It's oh. purple back there. Um, oh, it's purple. That's our, that's our newest product. So that actually is to, to carry your, your Barry prepper. Uh, it's got an ice brick in there. It's got a small headed fork for slow eating, mindful eating, okay. um, It's got like a a serrated spreader knife. So it's good. It's sharp enough to cut a tomato or an avocado. It's like Mm -hmm. a spreader knife. So easy for spreading avocado, but it's not pointy for stabbing into your bag Uh or stabbing you as you reach in and get it. Yeah, that's Um, a good thing. It's got a separate little sauce container. So if you were if you wanted to keep your dressing, your salad dressing separate and add it at lunchtime into your Barry Prepper, that's there. It's got a slot at the top for your snacker to go into. Oh, wow. Um, that's yeah, and cool. It's got, yeah. and it's got the shoulder strap and the and the handle. Uh, so it's an insulated lunch bag and it, it just holds what you need to take on. Oh, it's got a napkin, which is good for if you get to eat outside in the park or something, you can set that up as your kind of table mat, uh, on the, on the picnic table and set up your lunch. So yeah, it's got everything you need for, for that. That's oh, called I the kit and carry. So the portion perfection kit and carry. Okay. With I like a. that. And where lot. do
0: they go to final your products?
2: On Amazon. So if they just go to the, um, to, if the, if you search portion perfection mm-hmm. or you find my plate or something from recognizing, you can then just go to the store okay. and there's a bariatric component of the store. Cause we also produce, um, products for general weight management without bariatric surgery. They're generally mm-hmm. colored purple. So the book is purple, um, and the, um, the prepper, uh, is purple okay it's so cute. compared to the orange for, for the berry prepper and the orange book okay um, so orange is yeah, for berry like
0: and purple
2: is for normies
1: normies <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what we call them normies <laughs> yeah so the
2: purple the purple works for men women or children aiming to lose weight there's kind of several plans in there And then the bariatric plan is just the weight loss plan, um, which is what we've talked about, the one cup at breakfast, lunch and dinner, Mm -hmm. the 100 calorie snack at mid-morning, mid-afternoon and supper. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you just go to the store, there's a bariatric kind of um, tab in the store. So then, you know, you're just looking at the ones that are appropriate and because a lot of products work for both, like the bowl Mm -hmm. um, just has cup measures on the inside And so that's good for everybody.
1: Cool. So if you're on Amazon and you're wondering, so the, and you click on the thing, the store name is going to be on the upper left Left corner corner. Mm -hmm. and it's going to be like colored blue or, you know, it's going to be like Like highlighted. Yeah. It's a hyperlink. Yeah. It's a hyperlink. So click on that. And then usually the menu button to pick the different like categories is going to be on your right hand side uh, at the top of the page. So in case anybody's wondering. And I love that these products are not just for bariatrics, mm-hmm. but it is for normies. So you could get, you know, the stuff for your significant other yep. and then a set for you. And then you both are on the same plan. Yeah, because you can still make the same meal and then just portion out your plates a little bit differently. It's, yeah, just a little bit bigger. So you're still being focused on the ultimate goal. Yep. Which is nice. Yep. Very cool. Yes. That is really
2: cool. Yes. I this.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, my god. And I've made sure that the bariatric products, they don't say bariatric anywhere on there, so nobody knows anything. Your The kit and carry lunch bag um, has a different colour swing tag so that we know that that's the bariatric one that's got the bari prepper in there. But once okay. you chop that off, it looks the same as everybody else's. Wow. That's really cool. Is
0: there a variety of colours in the bags? Or is it just No, purple? not at this point
2: in time. They're all just the um the
0: purple, the purple. I mean, I, I love like, purple. I That's like my purple. favorite. I think the purple is adorable. That.
1: That's why Yes, yeah. pink is mine. <laughs> purple, okay. so if you choose another color, I would vote pink. Just saying, pink and purple. It's our thing. Um, oh, very good. Yes, awesome. Well. Uh, thank you so, so much, much for being on and, like, sharing all of these products and your tips. And, I mean, we learned a ton. So much. So yeah. much from you. I'm so excited. i so thankful that you were
0: able to come on and be with us. And the fact that you're literally across the world from us and able to do this. this yes. is amazing. Thank you for taking the time. I do appreciate it. Yes. Because, yeah, it's early. Your time. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And you guys are going to give us a code. Uh, we will make sure that it is accurate for the drop of this episode. Yes. And we will have that code linked below. That's right. So if you guys are going to go over and buy some products, which I highly suggest you should, because I may be doing a little Amazon shopping after this. Uh, yeah. Um, And but just go ahead and look below for that code and uh, yeah, get some. Get some uh, money off. That's right. That's right. And remember, if you want to watch all the things, because she was showing us
0: what everything looks like in real time. Yes. So go over to YouTube again, put in our name, hit subscribe, hit the bell so you can see these. If you want them early, you just go on to patreon.com forward slash OSLP, pick the $10 tier or higher. You get entered immediately into our Benchies Mm -hmm. and then you get all the episodes, um, Early, no ads on those. Mm -hmm. And then you also get exclusive episodes of Just Me and Kel where we give you literally behind the scenes of what's going on with us, how our weeks are going. Um, And so we love giving those out to you because those are a lot of fun.
1: Yes. So, So, all right. right. Thank you so much, Amanda, for being on. We really, really, really appreciate it.
2: (laughs) My absolute pleasure. Thanks, ladies. Thank Thank you. you. All right, right.
1: guys. We love you and we will see see you next time. time. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, if you've enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on patreon.com forward slash oslp for exclusive content with your favorite girls ever yeah and also check out our youtube page subscribe hit that little bell so you get notified when our new videos drop a week after they are released yeah and we would like to give a big thank you to Anne marie cruz for our
0: logos eric vaughn with 17th street studios because he provides our music and our recording space thanks for listening to our sleep live podcast where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time